Welcome back to Never Wear Boring Socks. This is the third episode in a three-part episode about creating space for creativity. And so today, we're going to continue that series. We talked about creating space physically, creating space in time. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about creating space energetically. So before we get into that, You may remember, if you've been around these parts for a while, that we generally start with what socks we're wearing today. And again, as I mentioned in last week's episode, I am recording three of these episodes on the same day. So I haven't changed my socks because that would be weird. I don't want to do extra laundry. Why would I do that? But so I'm going to have to figure out I might have to tweak this little sock intro piece a little bit, but for now, it occurred to me that if you're new here and you don't know why this is called Never Wear Boring Socks and it's weird that I'm talking about my socks on a podcast that's about creativity, that's a valid point. So I figured I should explain a little bit behind that philosophy. And really, the point of Never Wear Boring Socks as the title, as kind of the motto of this podcast is this idea of if you can do something in a fun, interesting way that adds some joy into your life, why not do it? So if you can wear interesting socks, why wear boring socks? And so it's really just this idea of injecting a little intention, joy, fun into our everyday lives with these small everyday choices. So like I said, my socks are the same as last episode. I don't need to tell you that again, but I'd love to hear what socks you're wearing. So please do let me know. You can send me an email, maria at mariacatherine.com. Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E or at mariacatherine on Instagram. So back to creating space for creativity. So, like I said, we talked about creating space in the physical dimension a couple episodes ago, and then the time dimension last time, and then today we're going to talk about creating space in the energetic dimension, and I think time is a dimension. That's what they said in A Wrinkle in Time anyway. It was the fourth dimension, right? And so energy, to me, feels like a natural extension of that. So I'm going to go ahead and call it another dimension. You may have guessed that I'm most definitely not a scientist in any ways. So apologies if you are and if that is scientifically incorrect. But for our purposes here today, the energetic aspect of creating space is kind of that next level that I want to talk about after physical space and time space. So we're going to go ahead and call it a dimension and... Thank you for being here, if that sounds weird to you, and going along with my word choices that make sense in my brain. I hope they make sense in yours too. So what do I mean by making energetic space for creativity? What I mean by that is being emotionally available to creativity. By now, you've hopefully carved out the physical space and the space in your calendar to work on your creative project, and that's huge but it's not necessarily the whole picture. So the next question I think to ask yourself is, 
Are you in a space energetically, emotionally to pursue that creative project with enthusiasm and joy and curiosity or whatever else it is that you want to bring to this creative project? I believe that the quality of our energy when we're approaching a project, something that we're working on, has a big impact on how it turns out and also in how we feel about it after it turns out, which is also really important. If we're sitting down at our notebook or our easel or a keyboard or whatever it is for you with frustrations, with frustrations, <laughs> having a hard time talking today. If you sit down at that space with feelings of frustration or frustrations or feelings of I'm not good enough or unreasonably high expectations that you need to get something right, that this must be the best piece you've ever made. How do you think that piece is going to turn out? And how do you think you're going to feel about it? And I do want to say, if that's how you approach your creative work and it's working swimmingly for you, then keep doing what you're doing. Congratulations. I'm glad you figured out what works. And I wanted to share this perspective because for me, when I approach a creative project with that kind of energy, it seldom turns out very well. In fact, I often produce nothing at all, or I make something I don't like and don't feel great about. And in contrast, when I approach my creative work with a desire to play, explore, to follow my curiosity, to have fun, it usually either turns into something I like, or it turns into something maybe I don't like a lot, but I still had fun in the process. So it's basically a win-win situation. And even if I don't make something that good that day, I'm not attaching any specific meaning to that because I was approaching my creative work in this play state of mind, state of being, which means that I am willing to show up again the next day. And maybe what I make the next day will be good. Maybe it will take another five days to make something good. Who knows? But the point is that I keep showing up. And as Jane Yolen says, very prolific author, B-I-C, or butt in chair. The idea being, if you don't get your butt in the chair or on the piano bench, bench, <laughs> the piano bench, or if you don't get your hands in the clay or whatever you're working on, you're not going to make much progress on it. And I would add to that, B-I-C-A-H-O, butt in chair and heart open. Meaning showing up to your work with the openness, the willingness to explore, to follow your inspiration, your intuition, and your imagination. So how do we cultivate this energy of openness? There are a lot of different approaches and tools that you can work with, but I do want to share just some that have worked for me. You can take them, leave them, experiment, add your own, whatever feels best for you. But these are the ones that have worked for me that I feel have been really impactful. First, morning pages, which is an idea from The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And basically, it's a first thing in the morning brain dump into a journal. And because we all have lots of thoughts in our brains, writing them down can be really helpful in recognizing the patterns of your thoughts and what's actually going on in there. I'm a huge fan of journaling, and my friend Katie, who's been on the podcast, wrote a book, If You Need Some Prompts on Journaling, called Let It Out. So 
and check that out if you need some prompts. And then also the questions that I ask at the end of these episodes could be journal prompts as well. So you can go back and listen to the end of the last two episodes or grab a pen when we get further into this one if you want to try journaling and want some questions to start out with. But I really do morning pages. Um, what Julia Cameron says in The Artist's Way is three pages stream of consciousness. That's what I've been doing and it's felt really, really good for me. So that's my current practice that I have really gotten a lot out of. And then the next tool that I've used is meditation. Like journaling, meditation can be a way to become more aware of our thoughts. And as humans, we go down some weird mind paths. And if anyone has seen 30 Rock, that just made me think of Tracy Jordan and his mind grapes when I said mind paths for some reason. So if you haven't seen that episode, that was probably a weird thing to say, but that's what I thought of. That's where my mind path grapes went. But anyway, back to the point, meditation and journaling can help us notice those mind paths inside of those mind grapes and be more aware of the patterns that we tend to follow in there. I'm also a big fan of meditation and it's been really supportive for me at various times, but recently I've actually replaced my morning meditation with yoga. I really like yoga with Adrian on YouTube if anyone is looking for a place to start. I usually do a practice with her every morning. And the reason I kind of switched to yoga instead of a sitting meditation was that because I I felt like I wanted to incorporate my body into my morning mindfulness practice because I do a lot of things already that are sitting, sitting and drawing, sitting and writing. So this has been really helpful just to kind of get my body moving in the morning. And then I also feel like it's just felt really good to bring some body awareness and some connection to my body into my mindfulness practice lately. So a walking meditation could also be really nice if you want to experiment with something that's not a sitting meditation. And that's also something that I've enjoyed doing at various times. So the next one is tapping. So I mentioned this in an earlier episode, but tapping also called EFT or emotional freedom technique, has been a really helpful tool for me in shifting my emotions and my energy. So when I'm in a funk or I'm going on a weird spiral, tapping really helps me both acknowledge what's going on and shift out of it. And I think that that acknowledgement is really important because that means that I'm not just bypassing my emotions and pretending that a situation doesn't exist, but I'm accepting it and also allowing myself to shift it and move on to something more supportive. So if you want to try tapping, Gala Darling and Brad Yates both have a lot of videos online on how to do it. There's tons of people, I'm sure, but those are the people that I am most aware of. It's basically like talking to yourself while gently tapping on different points in your body. And it's very cool. So then the last tool I wanted to share is getting into my senses. I've always been really into sensory experiences in general. I'm fascinated and always have been by things like color, smell, music, and then how we feel in response to those things. So I love intentionally creating sensory experiences for myself that help me drop into my body and the present moment. So for me, this is often taking a dance break, wearing jewelry I love, putting on a botanical perfume that inspires me, 
going for a walk in a beautiful place, or putting on some item of clothing that's soft and cozy. And it also, for me, looks like placing all these different kinds of sensory items around me in my space, which goes back to the idea of creating physical space that we talked about a couple episodes ago, both in my office studio space where I'm working, and then also in my bedroom and living room, just where I spend a lot of time. And getting in touch with my senses has been a really helpful way for me to become more aware and receptive to each moment. And also, I think, to go back to the first episode of season three, to inspiration. Paying attention to my senses has really helped heighten my experience of each moment and really be present in each moment in my body. And it, I really think it opens me up to all sorts of new ideas for things that I could be creating. So highly recommend if that's something that resonates with you. And then a few questions to reflect on. As we usually do, that's been my new pattern that I'm enjoying in season three. My first question for you is, do you notice a difference in what you're able to create or in how you feel about what you've created based on the kind of emotions or energy that you feel when you're working on something? And then next, how are you approaching your creative work right now? What kinds of emotions, feelings, energy are you bringing to your creative work at the moment? And then lastly, if you want to cultivate more openness in your creative practice, like I've been talking about, what is one thing you can experiment with? What's one thing you can commit to to cultivate that openness? Do you want to try journaling, tapping, meditation, connecting to your senses? Or maybe you want to try something else that I didn't mention. That would be awesome and I'd love to hear what you come up with. So thanks so much for tuning into this three-part series on creating space for creativity. I'm so happy that you're here and I look forward to talking to you next week with a new episode. And until then, remember to never wear boring socks.